Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Today, my name might not be Alice, Radical Ones. But join us deep in the hive as we tackle the first adaptation of Resident Evil from 2002. It's time to get radical. Ensure all residences are secure with all doors and windows firmly locked and barricaded. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Not people. Brains! They're us. We're them, they're us. Oh my god. You are dead. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. The pain of being dead. Were you bitten? No. Were you bitten? Did any of the blood get in your mouth? They have overrun us, you know. We're in the minority now. Something like 400,000 to 1 by my calculation. The father, my father, always say, when the earth spit out the dead, they will come back to suck the blood from the living. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. There's another one for the fire. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast and the Summer of the Dead. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, and I am here with my friend, Rob, the movie geek himself, and we're talking Resident Evil. From 2002, how retro. (laughs) (laughs) It feels retro because I feel old. I'm a little old. I'm still going to make fun of you, 2002, (laughs) but I get it. I get it. We're doing Resident Evil. Hi, everyone. Since the last time you've been on this show, a lot has happened with you. Of course, we're over on Brunch with the Hollowells, always on Sundays, recapping the last season of Charmed. But recently, Movie Geek and Proud wrapped up. Yes, that is right. My movie podcast, which was about general movies, I started in 2017. I wrapped it up in the month of April, 112 
full official episodes with lots and lots of bonus and holiday uh, episodes throughout the years, especially on Patreon as well. So I recorded a good amount, but it was time to wrap it up. So now I'm full time on here exclusively. (laughs) Well, no, actually, that's a lie because you also have. Another show that's been going on under the radar for people who don't know, this is called Fear Bias, which is Rob's other podcast with his friend Nate. And I was recently able to guest star on this show, and I was so excited because it's a horror podcast, Rob, but you have have recently incorporated a game into the structure of the show as well, sprinkled in, and now it's becoming more of a focus of the show. That's right. Yes, I had an idea for a game. Uh, It's a little copying sort of the theme and outline of the movie Cabin in the Woods because I really, really appreciate that movie. And so it's basically a a trivia game where you have to survive the night from 6 p.m. and survive till 6 a.m. So it's 12 questions. And uh, the victim or the the featured guest on our podcast will have to answer these questions and survive the night. Basically, the movie that they are going to be tested on is a movie of their picking. Most likely, it's their favorite horror movie or one that they know or they think they know very, very well. And Nate and I will use the best of our ability to take care of him and his friends. Yes, Ryan was our first guest on the podcast starting our third season so definitely check it out you can find fear bias on most podcast apps especially apple and spotify and we are on instagram and twitter under fear bias as well and that is bi-weekly on tuesdays yes that's right every other tuesday uh is a new episode and a lot of people took a liking to the trivia game that i created so uh we're gonna feature it more but also sprinkle in a whole bunch of other stuff So definitely check out the archive episodes as well. But if you like horror and trivia, I think that this would be a fun podcast to listen to. And you can also hear if Ryan survived the night. Listen, anyone who wants to actually live through their favorite horror movie, this is a dream come true. And I was able to play through Dawn of the Dead 78, of course, the favorite of mine, as Rob knows. So please check this out. It was so much fun. And of course, thank you for being on the show. I had a lot of fun it was so fun i can't wait to continue this and i think just hearing everyone's sort of like favorite movie or a movie that they feel that they know so much about it'll be interesting to just kind of see where their tastes kind of goes so i'm excited i don't know if we would have had an opportunity to talk about dawn of the dead on the show so i i'm excited any excuse i get at the drop of a hat oh dawn of the dead okay i will have the information of course instagram if you're listening to this on spotify apple YouTube, I'll have the link below for you, everyone. My name is Alice. I work for the Umbrella Corporation, the largest and most powerful commercial entity in the world. I was head of security at a secret high-tech facility called The Hive, a giant underground laboratory developing experimental viral weaponry. But there was an incident. Fires escaped and everybody died. Trouble was, they didn't stay dead. 
2002's Resident Evil. This, of course, was the film that was based on the phenomenon that is known as Resident Evil game series from Capcom. Prior to this film's release, tell me about your history with Resident Evil. So I did play Resident Evil on the PlayStation. I can't say that I was fantastic at it, but I did manage to beat the first two games. Once the third one came out and I had that one encounter right in the beginning with Nemesis, I was like, screw this series, screw this franchise, and screw Screw Resident Evil. I'm never playing this again. I hate that game. But okay, here's the thing. I jumped to Resident Evil 5 and I co-opted with a good friend of mine at the time and we beat that game together. That was fun. And then I did a little bit of Veronica. No, which one is the girl and that guy? (laughs) That's every game. I know. (laughs) Okay, so the one, that one, I don't know if he was a biker guy. He was in a tank top and you guys were split up and the whole point was to help each other with puzzles. Resident Evil Zero. On oh, the zero. I always get it mixed up with Veronica. So yeah, the one on the train, I played that a little bit, but I never beat it. But I repeatedly played part one and two over and over again. Well, I'll, I'll tell it later if we have time. I have a story about the video game and you know the scene in the game I'm talking about. Rob has talked Resident Evil over the years on his podcast. Actually, on Fear Bias, you did a short review of Welcome to Raccoon City, which was the latest Resident Evil reboot that they did. For anyone who knows Rob, there's a certain scene that Rob always looks for in these movies, and he didn't get it really in this reboot, but Kind of. (laughs) Kind of. Well, so they- Resident Evil, I think as a whole, did okay in incorporating sort of the standout things that you would see in the game, but it wasn't done to its ability to be scarier than the actual game. This is what I look for in these movies. This movie just became this high-octane action film, and I saw them all. Trust me, like, there's there's nothing wrong with the formula, but for me, I wanted a full-fledged horror film to scare me more than the game did, because the game was terrifying. And every single time that these people have an opportunity to redo this movie and and make it. They are forgetting the most pivotal scene of all. And I'm telling you, it's the scariest shit in the world. And it's when we first encounter the Doberman zombie dogs popping through the window out of nowhere and scaring the player. I will tell you, it's guaranteed to scare anybody who's never played this game before. And they still refuse to put this in a movie. I don't understand why they haven't done it yet. I don't either. Can you just picture one of the characters just going into a door and then he shuts the door and then he turns around and the camera just shows this long hallway that looks exactly like how it did in the game. I will tell you, fans would understand what's about to go down next and they would get so excited and then you have the character walking really slowly and then bam, it just pops out. Just pops through the window. Why couldn't they do that for me? And then Mila Jovovich comes and kicks the dog instead. God... Well, <laughs> also, I was a Resident Evil huge fan, especially part two. Oh my God. And then when Nemesis came out, oh, Jill. So I loved the series. I was so freaking excited when they said they were coming out with a movie. And then originally that George Romero, my beloved, was attached to write, direct, Years later, I did hear and read parts of the script. So it did maintain a little more close, I would say, to the game with the characters 
of the mansion, the Spencer mansion, with but Chris and Jill were together. And I think that Chris was Native American and he had some kind of eagle that would land on his arm. So it was another take of Resident Evil. It ended up with Paul W. Anderson, who, of course, was Mortal Kombat. Talk about video game movies, 1995's Mortal Kombat. So he had this success with that. So why not, right? <laughs> no, I mean, it made sense. I think people just trusted him that he, you know, is a fan of video games or at least respected the mythos of of bringing a video game to life. And compared to a lot of other ones that were coming out, Mortal Kombat seemed to have been the closest so far to not only entertain very well, but to also be authentic to the game. Because that Super Mario yeah. Brothers wasn't real and that Double Dragon definitely wasn't real. So, But Alyssa Milano is in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this was the closest. So it's like, yeah, of course, why not give it to Paul at WS to see if he can pull out another hit? Well, five sequels later... <laughs> My God. So it is five sequels. What is your relationship with the rest of the film franchise? Do you like them? Did you give up on them? Did you watch them all? I honestly think they are what they are. I had a general excitement to see all of them. Of course, I wanted to see how the story progressed. Was I obsessed with the game enough to really look forward to anything? Like, unless they brought a character in from the past, there really wasn't a reason to look forward to any kind of of like canon storyline to pop up because they just did whatever they wanted. Anything. Yeah, so I mean, these were just fun horror movies for me to support horror in general. And so, yeah, I saw them. Everyone hates part two and part two is my favorite. Said it. I like part two too. But nobody likes that movie. I said I like it. They do hate that movie. I don't know why. I don't know why I mean, either. Friends. Yeah, I watched them all. They, they are what they are. I thought the last one was a little better than some of the other sequels that I saw. I think the story just got so cluttered and confusing. You know, turning her into cl- clones and there were so many like i it was just, this is too much this is too much i just wanted albert wesker to take off all his clothes and then that'd be the movie right no it was starting to look like a porn i'm sorry it, it really was it was a lot more cheesy acting and some of the antics and things just got out of hand this is my opinion i know somebody i if he's listening i think he knows um i'm talking about him he is not obsessed but he really enjoys this franchise a lot and he will defend it to the end of time So there are people who really enjoy this series for the fun of it. But for me, this franchise could have scared the crap out of me. And it chose to just be fun and... And action, right? I mean, I did want to set up that this is now a huge franchise. I mean, whoever thought that this was going to get five sequels? So six movies altogether, but... And then they're going to reboot it again. Like, they didn't even wait a decade, I think. How When was the final chapter? 2016. Yeah, you didn't even wait a full decade before being like, thank you for all your work, Mila. You've done, you've given us six films and we're just going to start over before you can even get a wrinkle on your face. Like, this is ridiculous. Go on to Monster Hunter or whatever you are doing now. I, uh... Okay, so to your point about your friend, I have to say, I did love the movies. I am one of those Resident Evil fans that can see past it. It's not part of the game series anymore, so I'm okay with it. You know, once they became, and again, past this first movie, I feel like it was actually more horror-centric, and then it became really, how can we get Alice Mila Jovovich to kick ass in various different ways? And to Rob's point, the one thing I hate throughout the series, and I'm a stickler for any series I watch, 
watched uh, We Do Charmed, any series over the years, continuity. And these movies would end on a cliffhanger. And then the <laughs> characters would be dead, gone, never talked of again. And you're like, what happened? And then they would reappear. Then they would disappear. And between every movie, nothing made sense. The Red Queen, who is actually so iconic, I would say, in this movie for of her lines, changes about 15 times. I, I, <laughs> that's the only thing. Continuity. And the crazy part is Paul Anderson wrote every one of these movies, but no continuity between them. Eh. This was really interesting. And I sent this to Rob. David Boreanaz was at one point attached to be in this movie. Now, they're saying it was possibly the Eric Mabius character, which I could totally see, of course. Yes, definitely. But they're saying that because of Angel, he couldn't do it, but there was a possibility that he would have been one, the leader of this group that comes in. I'm glad the actor who did it actually got to play the character. So that's interesting, but I could totally have seen him as a Chris if they did like a Chris, you know, or origin of the Spencer mansion from the games, especially at the Angel height with the hair. Yeah, totally. No, he would have been a good fit. And I saw this, Rob, opening day. I remember coming home from school, waiting for my father to come home to take me to see this movie. I was dreaming about it. So opening day, the film follows a heroine, Alice, and a band of Umbrella Corporation commandos, who is the company that is behind this whole fiasco, as they attempt to contain the outbreak of the T-virus at a secret underground facility. When you saw this movie, were you expecting it to take place in the mansion in the beach? <laughs> okay, see, he's setting me up because he knows what I'm going to say. And yes, I actually did because I felt that this movie definitely was going to have a sequel. So I thought that they were going to at least align the location to each game because it changes. Right. That The location to me is always a character in itself Smart. between the you know puzzles and the locked room and you know just the creepy vibe that each location gave yeah i i expected to be it to be in the mansion the whole time and I, we did not get that and i just am just <sighs> jesus she yeah. wakes up in one yeah <laughs> we get a dining room and some very dramatic curtains blowing in the wind <laughs> dramatic curtains. yeah empty ass dining room with candles some crows. Some yeah crows. <laughs> And then they're like, we're going to the hive and we never see the mansion again until the end. And it's just like, oh, what a missed opportunity. So I was like, okay, whatever. I think why fans start to turn after this, this still could be a prequel to Resident Evil 1, right? There's still a possibility. No characters that are involved in the in the games. The hive leaks. But then, of course, after it derails and all the characters become mixed and matched. But what do you think about the opening with that contrast and that elevator scene? It's horrific. But is there too many random things going on in this movie? Like, you know, okay, so you set up the elevator thing. Is it just because it's a horror movie? Like, And then later on, the laser. Do they connect <laughs> It's just like, well, let's let this woman's head on the elevator get chopped off because that's horror. (laughs) I mean, it's a very horrific way to just kind of take everybody out. You know, they're giving you this hint that somebody human is behind this and it's not just the T-virus spreading and, and killing everyone. There's an actual human being that purposely let this loose. One thing that I did want to point out that I noticed in the beginning, we got a narration in the beginning. Yes. Some, there's a voiceover explaining sort of the history of the Umbrella Corporation. 
At the beginning of the 21st century, the Umbrella Corporation had become the largest commercial entity in the United States. Nine out of every 10 homes contain its products. Its political and financial influence is felt everywhere. In public, it is the world's leading supplier of computer technology, medical products, and healthcare. Unknown even to its own employees, its massive profits are generated by military technology, genetic experimentation, and viral weaponry. That voice is none other than Jason Isaacs, famous for the Harry Potter series as Draco's daddy. Yeah, yeah, he is really good friends with Paul W.S. Anderson, and he took a day from filming the tuxedo. Oh, oh, you want to feel old right now. Yeah. I forgot he was even in that. So yeah, he took a day from filming Tuxedo to come and narrate the beginning prologue as a favor to Paul. It's very video game, I noticed this time around too. The title sequence, like you're saying, with this narration with the words. Very PlayStation, I thought. I was very excited to see the umbrella symbol and all of that. Like, I mean, they definitely gave me the hype in the beginning and I was very excited for this. I was watching this with a friend of mine and first view of Mila in the show shower and he says Kirsten Dunst and I just died I started laughing so hard he thought this was Kirsten Dunst (laughs) either I said it or he said it uh one of us said she wishes I was was gonna say (laughs) damn Kirsten Dunst but yeah in the beginning he thought this was Kirsten Dunst and I was like eh nope it's not her he does recognize who this is, but not by name. I had to give him a few movies for him to really figure out who she was. The Fifth Element. Usually, yeah, Fifth Element it. was a good was a good um, thing. But yeah, he's a cursed dunce. But <laughs> we get the iconic dress that she has on. And that was really cool. That to see red again. dress and the boots is iconic. I do yeah. love that look. Yeah, but from my friend's point of view, because he's never seen it, he was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna put her in a red dress, showing some leg and yada." so obviously it doesn't like give her a justice as like being you know, I don't know you have the character of Michelle Rodriguez who was like super tough and I love her character yes but it's just like oh the woman's got to be like half naked ish to like be in this movie while the rest of them are in like police gear and suits and whatnot you could say that there are those video game characters that randomly dress in like things like this but yeah it's true so Ryan did you enjoy the movie I did I don't know if it's nostalgia but there's something about this first movie that really I don't know it holds like a warm feelings for me maybe because I've seen it so many times and it's it's just one of those movies but I did like it I think it held up more than maybe one of the later sequels what do you think okay I did not (laughs) I did not have a great time with this movie oh I love it okay okay yeah this was not good I there are a few things that I really enjoy about this first one But overall, I'm like, what were they doing? So it's true. There are moments that I'm like, hmm. I do enjoy the idea that this could have been a possible prequel, but then I would have called it something else and then alluded to the Resident Evil title. Resident Evil. Or made that like sort of like a subtitle to the to the movie and and just hint like this is leading up to it. Film was originally titled Resident Evil Ground Zero, but was retitled after September 11th. So I don't know if the Ground Zero actually was their way of saying like this is where it starts. Yeah. I mean, but they could just be giving it too much credit. Resident Evil. 
So when we meet Matt and he reveals that he's a cop and he teams up with Mila and then there's some like shenanigans going on. This is very similar to Jill and Chris, but they changed it because Matt is there looking for his sister. That's the only reason why he's there. I don't think that's something that I remembered from my earlier viewings of this as a child but i was like okay so they're kind of taking the storyline from the video game but then just giving it to other characters and so i don't know i found that a little annoying but it was a little bit of a tie-in to you know the game so i was like okay fine yeah siblings but i don't think the cgi held up that well and i will also even say this about mortal kombat now mortal kombat i i like more than resident evil but both times the cgi does not hold up and i give it a pass i don't care i'm very much entertained by mortal kombat with this movie it had bad cgi and also just was not a fun movie for me i found the story to be a little hard to follow like this t-virus gets released and then this team comes in i'm assuming to what clean it up i don't know why they burst through the room and then it's also like why did the guy even release it in the first place like if there's some bigger scheme involved it just wasn't talked about and then i i don't know there was just a lot going on but i didn't understand exactly why the team was even there they pop in and they're like milo report and then, oh, all yeah. of, and then all of a sudden they're like, we got to go to the hive and destroy the Red Queen. And I'm like, why? What are you doing? What's happening? I don't understand. Are they, they're a part of Umbrella. So they're all under the same like yeah. scheme and, and goal. So I, I don't understand what the goal is. Was the goal to test out the T-virus? Was it to wipe? I, I, I don't even know how I'm explaining it to you. It's- no, no, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's almost similar to what Wesker did, I guess, in the first game where, like you said, they tested it out on that group. But yeah, this group is actually sent to contain it, but they are said they're from Umbrella. But this story changes in the final chapter. Red Queen did it because it doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> this movie makes And, sense. you know, again, just the idea of it being an action film, like I don't mind the running around and stuff. Like I think some of the zombie attacks were actually really fun. And, you know, who was getting bitten whatnot but yeah i i thought this movie was okay it just really wasn't as good as i expected it to be even from a nostalgic point of view i just had a hard time connecting to this movie but i did notice some dawn of the dead stuff <gasps> mm. i don't know is this time to kind of go over yeah, there let's speak on it let's speak on okay it. now you know this movie better than i do but let me just i, I there was two of them that stood out to me okay because i actually i that found I thought four was kind of cool. things that were con- kind of Okay, so the elevator when she opens it and then all of them are just like popping out is that is that dawn or is that day yes that's dawn well they also did it with a scene too similar with the hand but yes Okay. Either one. Probably. And then Kors close to the end with JD when he is caught on that like pipe and they're all crowding him and he's like, go without me. And then he wants to kill himself because he doesn't want to get bitten. Then you hear a gunshot. And what mm. do you know? He shoots one of the zombies instead of himself and decides he wants to live. I'm like, that's Dawn of the Dead. I love that. I thought that was a nice tie in. The one zombie with the axe. 
Oh, okay, okay. The the way that he's shambling his leg is very similar to the fly boy, the zombie of one of the characters in Dawn of the Dead at the end. Although he didn't have an axe, but he does walk with the way his foot is twisted. And then the other thing was the way that Michelle Rodriguez was on the train at the end when Alice is waiting to kill Rain if she comes back is almost like Ken Foray in Dawn of the Dead as well when he's waiting for the character Roger to come back from the dead. I don't know. I mean, it could be just one of those a zombie you're waiting for the person to turn. But then, of course, the dead walk paper is a Day of the Dead homage because that's seen in the beginning of Day of the Dead. Which, by the way, the sequel, I wanted to see the sequel to this ending. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think this ending actually there's so much excitement when she escapes from and by the way horrific when she pulls the needles out of her head oh gross oh god that was gross yes I cringe every time oh my god that was total fifth element too the way she was just yes. covered in white paper I'm like there you go again barely wearing anything but like white cloths over you but that ending when it's that sh- establishing shot that she's in this white robe and she takes the shotgun out of the police car in that pan out of the city that's all destroyed oh i loved it i loved it (laughs) okay so some things that i did like about this movie rain michelle rodriguez i love her character in this she was so tough she did such an amazing job i loved her character i wanted her to live all of the all of the things you can think of i just think everything rain was fantastic i love her character i also enjoy i mean best part of the movie which is sad because it has shit to do with zombies. And that's the laser room. The laser room was very iconic, very choreographed, very well. What a fucking trap. Like you think you can outsmart this trap and they made sure you couldn't. I was still jumping when it went high, messed everybody up. Okay. It's coming down low. That means you got to jump over it. What does the beam do at the very last minute? It shoots up to make sure to get you. That is some thinking the it on that was insane. And then you had the one line come down in the middle and then split into a grid. And I, Oh, Oh, it was so sad, but man, was that trap so good. I love that room. Just the intensity of them trying to get it open. By the way, I can't remember if it was JD or somebody else who was the tech guy, but every time you needed this tech guy to open something, he, he failed. He, he could not open anything. Like his skills behind the computer were just not as good. You just could not depend on this guy every time. He's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. He but- was a nervous wreck. <laughs> He was a nervous wreck. But no, I love the laser room. I thought that was great. That laser room, by the way, will be ripped off by this movie. It it cannibalizes itself in a later movie. They literally do this this scene and this hallway again. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a homage to the beginning, which I think I heard of in 1997's Cube. There was a laser scene. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, that's how a movie opened up. And it was to give you a preview of what these rooms are, what you're about to get into. But yes, um, almost exactly the same. Another homage, I suppose. Uh, I thought the zombies were great. The makeup, I think, could have been a little bit better, more grotesque. But I think that Anderson just wanted to use CGI instead because I think there were some oh, of them with their heads. Oh, I hate that one. You're t- exactly. Yes. When you yeah, talk yeah. about terrible CGI. Yeah, where his face was off. I didn't mind the discoloration. I would have just preferred that. But I think that all the zombies did exactly what they were supposed to do. And so, and I even uh, enjoyed the music. I think the the heavy metal was, was a nice touch, especially. That- 
Marilyn Manson theme yeah. that he did. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to make it an action movie filled with all of this, like, high fighting and all this stuff. I think that paired with that was great. And some of the kills, I think, again, just how they were getting bit and just sort of the process of them changing was great. But yeah, that's honestly about it. That's really like, I didn't, yeah. You got some kind of dogs. There were the Dormans in there, but again, they just weren't scary. In fact, they were taken out pretty easily. So they didn't, I would have, I would have hoped that the dogs actually took someone out before being destroyed or, or taken care of, you know? And Mila, like she is a phenomenal action heroine. Like any action movie she's in, I will definitely go see. Has she picked some good ones lately? No, but I enjoy seeing this woman on screen doing what she does. And I, yeah, I, I mean, she's beautiful too. Yeah. I didn't find her annoying or anything like that on screen it you know i i think she is a great person to lead this franchise into the future and i was reminded of that in this as she was slowly retaining her skills because she lost her memory and so it was nice to kind of see how accurate she was when shooting the dogs or her you know fighting style and stuff like that all of that was great it's subtle but did you see the alice in wonderland thing that he was trying to do evidently with this alice going down into the hive was supposed to be like wonderland and then this and this there's someone was watching their watch all the time i think it was that tech guy and he said that was the white rabbit but he said he dropped this midway through this element of this alice in wonderland thing well that's too bad i I like that i think that's a clever way of doing it uh there is a definitely a red queen but there wasn't a white queen so oh yeah uh, there was a red queen okay so red queen <laughs> red yeah. queen i just gotta say the red queen the cgi once you've seen the final chapter or any of the later sequels where they brought back red queen and you go back to the first resident evil when you see this red queen hologram appear before you it's terrible it's talk about bad cgi because later on it looks literally like a person i think it's actually played by mila's daughter in real life in the last movie red queen but she has that iconic line that they played everywhere you're all gonna die da- they used to play that everywhere you're all gonna die down here you're all going to die down here it was almost like the others with nicole kim in with i am your daughter this is another thing that i say that i will like is that she really did try and help them survive even though it would also just kind of keep them from going through her business but if you shut me down you are going to let loose all the zombies that have been trapped due to the power that i've been using so i thought that was a nice tie-in is that she technically wasn't really the villain in this she was just protecting her own but she warned them to leave so i like that i thought that was clever but what were some of the things that you liked about this movie I like that we got a train, which sounds so crazy, but trains are very Resident Evil. Usually some of them, like Resident Evil 2, you're on a train at the end. Resident Evil 0, you're on a train. Like, trains and Resident Evil go for some reason. And there's this one shot, which I I have read over the years, was done on purpose with the dogs. It's like an overhead shot, and it reminds me so much of a Resident Evil angle when she's coming onto the security guard's body. And it's like an overhead shot, which is Resident Evil are known for having these very, like, like, I don't know, hard camera angles. Like you would go into a scene and then you're like, you're seen from above. I can't describe it, but it's very game-esque. 
I like the I like the pipe scene a lot with the zombies below. I really get a lot of tension with that scene. Now, is it believable that all these characters are skimming along on these pipes above these zombies and they're not collapsing? There's something about that scene that always gives me like a ooh, but then it ruins it for me because when they fall down, Mila is taking on these undead and her skin is exposed continuously. At one point, she breaks the zombie's neck with her legs and I'm like, your legs, your flesh, you're going to get bit. But there is something about that scene I really do like. But I got to say, I think it is nostalgia for this first one. Because you're right, the CGI doesn't hold up. And I got to say, I am not thrilled about the liquor as the final confrontation. The liquor is a creature in Resident Evil that's this, it looks like it has a brain for eyes. It's blind and it has a huge tongue and it crawls on walls. What do you think about that as the end villain? So as we were watching, this uh we were seeing just bits and pieces of the creature kind of roaming about and we didn't necessarily get to see the the specific feature of the tongue and so when it started to kind of crawl around i go oh the liquor and my friend was like the liquor why is it the liquor and i was like oh well they haven't shown it yet it's the it has a very long tongue but he was like why is it called the liquor and so um, we were waiting for the liquor to come out, and I actually do enjoy sort of the anticipation of the reveal of the liquor because it is a very big thing. It's different from the zombies, and as I explained, if you get infected, yes, you may turn into the undead, but also, depending, you may get mutated into something Ooh. different. And this is one of the people that was down in the hive. They turned into what is called the liquor. And so when that liquor popped out, and grab the walls and then i was like oh my god it's reptile and i was like it's the same cgi it's the literal same cgi used in mortal Kombat for the liquor and it just didn't look good and it looked like it was drained of all of its bold colors it was just like very fluorescent it was like i don't know what it was maybe it was on the tv that i was watching it just did not look good but i i think the likeness of it was great it looked from like the game PlayStation 2. But, yeah. It just, <laughs> but yeah it just didn't it just didn't hold up for me and i usually don't care about such things but when you're pairing it with the story that i honestly just didn't like you didn't even want to do the work in your mind to like bypass the cgi yeah speaking of though as we're on the subject there was i think a big squab with the with the zombies towards the end before they kind of get back on the train or wherever they need to go and they're all fighting and matt he says get over here get over here and i was like oh my god that's so mk he totally did that but it was during the yeah it was during the tunnel attack together oh my god it's so funny yeah, it was during the tunnel attack. So for me, I'm going to say that was an homage to Mortal Kombat. That's, that's, I'm sticking to it. It probably was. He's probably yeah. like, look, I did that movie too. But <laughs> there were a lot of times when they would just be doing dialogue and the camera would just be constantly turning and twisting around them, just going in circles. And I'm like, maybe it's my old age, but I did not find that appealing at all. And so, like, I was like, the camera angles and things that they were using were not fun. I haven't been right since Cloverfield. Yeah. I got, I got so sick in the movie theater seeing that movie. 
But um, what did you think about this added character of the guy who is supposedly playing husband-wife to Mila? And then we find out more about him. Now, I will tell you this. I didn't remember the twist, and I will say that I kind of appreciate it. But his character was kind of like whatever as well. I don't I don't know. I Not to say that they had too many people. It's just funny that the only two people left are the ones with almost right. less experienced than everybody else and uh yeah so i those were some of the oh yeah and then we get to like 35 minutes of this movie honestly 35 minutes and the only thing that has anything to do with resident evil is the umbrella corporation and the mention of the t-virus nothing else resembles resident evil and we are 35 minutes into the movie well like that elevator yeah what does that have to do with resident evil not one zombie had appeared on screen and it i was like get to it already so, yeah, they're unfortunately, and then, like, kind of fell asleep. It got even worse. Yeah, I just was not into it. Wait, so, what look, was your friend? Was your friend glued to the TV? To not glued. I mean, he, he was kind of up in the, like, back and forth with it as he was doing other things. But I was just like, but he turned to me. He was like, are you falling asleep? I was like, we're doing this for you. And <laughs> oh, he's like, oh, God, don't leave me with this. Movie. But here's the thing. This says nothing about my taste or anybody else's taste. If you like this movie, this is just something that just did not ignite memories that were fun. Now, I was probably in the theater loving every minute of this. Yeah, yeah. But right now, given that we also had these five sequels, I'm like, I'm ready to kind of pack this up. Not not, not the franchise in general, but just this series. Like, if they're going to reboot it, fine. We're about to get a series Netflix, on yeah. Netflix, which they keep saying... They keep wanting up. It's going to be more like the game. Every nope. freaking time I hear this, it's going to be more like the game. But um, we're getting a series. I'm okay with this franchise continuing, but like I'm ready to kind of wrap. Because I'm thinking about the sequels now, and I'm just like, nothing to do with Resident Evil. Nurse Betty, Ashanti. <laughs> just to mention, I got to just say, that elevator scene again. Every time that woman goes through that thing, I said, no! It's really scary. It's so creepy. I don't know why she felt she was going to gonna do that i was instantly wrong she says i could fit through it she goes out instantly and goes pull me back like yeah. she, didn't, she didn't even make it like a one inch okay so i need to ask why is this movie r-rated because it hardly shows blood it's mila's nipple that peers out at the beginning is that what makes it R? I guess so. I mean, there are suggestive sexual things. You get some side boob. There is some killing, to be fair. And it is a little bit horrific. I mean, just because there isn't no, like, nudity or heavy swear words, I think the images could appeal to mm. a rated R. But I don't know. I know that there are very specific rules about it. I'm sure there was a mention of the F-bomb maybe once or twice. What I can't there? remember. I will say, for anyone who might have the dvd there is a commentary track by mila jovovich michelle rodriguez paul anderson who turned out to be her future husband doing these movies and a producer on the film now this is just going on based on my high school memories because i would watch this film with the commentary on rob without even watching the movie because mila I, I've, I've looked over the years. People hate this because serious film people evidently want to hear it from the director because every time, like, they're trying to say something technical, Mila's like, these people are going to die. Where's my scene? <laughs> like, as a joke, though, like, kind of, like, as funny, like, in this funny tone. I remember her, she's like, wait, are we doing commentary on the whole movie? Like, she has no concept of what's going on. Hi, I'm Mila Jovovich, and I'm one of the actors in this movie. 
And I'm sitting next to the fabulous Michelle Rodriguez. So are we just going to like do commentary on the whole movie? Yeah. yeah. This is fun. So Serious? what's this? This is, um, Oh Halon. my God, is that what we're doing? So we're watching the whole movie awesome. right now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, this is great. This is Everybody's the, dying. The Halon I scene. I love it. Well, I did pass gas in this scene. <laughs> no, not your farts, Mila. We're talking about the gas that comes out of the bathroom oh, thing. Oh, we're usually talking about my farts. I <laughs> took for granted. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is like trying to keep it together, and <laughs> but it's completely the opposite of what you would think on a commentary. So check that out as a bonus as a DVD. You might enjoy it better. Resident. So, you enjoy the sequel then better. <laughs> Still, I'm supposing Nemesis, which as, was... As far as my memory goes, I do enjoy the sequel a little bit better. I think it's just the variety of people that are in this and having it be more involved. The atmosphere is a bit bigger. Yeah. And I, I just found some of the set pieces to be more enjoyable than just some underground lair. So, mm. I prefer the second one over the first one. So this ends on a cliffhanger again, where uh, our character of Matt is taken into the Nemesis program, of course. And that's Jesus. When now, I will say I got super excited when I heard that, because Nemesis is a really fucked up character, right? So he's super scary. I would love to see that. It just sucks that it happened to be Matt. We can't look at his beautiful face oh anymore. I mean, not for anything. My God. I mean, Ugly Betty, of course, after this. But that man and his body, too. He had that tank top at the end. He was just like... Now, you remember him from Cool Intentions, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad he was in this. But yeah, I wish he was actually the one of the main male characters that survived, but... Well, that's the thing. It's like his sister died, so it's like, what point is he now? You know, he doesn't need to live him. anymore. <laughs> okay. You know? Him and his damn sister. All right, Radical Ones. So that was Resident Evil 1. Um, Rob and I, of course, and David as well, in the next few months, we are going to be covering a variety of zombie movies. And I'm calling some parts not quite zombie, but give you the zombie feels. Because, Rob, this movie is like I Am Legend, which technically I still don't know what those are. I mean, they're vampires, but to me, it gives you those zombie-esque They're feels. just mutated species is what happens to them. That's all. That's one of them. And then we're doing Night of the Demons, which is... Ugh such a clay i hope i haven't seen it in years i'm praying that it holds up i'm sure it does that movie is so fun i yeah look forward to that one for sure and then 20 and 20 days, days later, later yeah which is another movie that people say they're well they're infected yeah I they're know. infected yeah they're but... not i i don't think they're dead i just say that they're infected you know like they don't have necessarily too much of a conscious mind but they're not technically undead i believe their no. heart is still beating and all of this so it's just yeah. a great it's a rage vibe yeah, because they don't officially die and come back raging. No. Like, they immediately go into a rage, so they're not dead. But I didn't mind it. Oh, God, I love that movie. Now, as a zombie enthusiast, did you like sort of the movement of the zombies? Did you prefer them to walk slower or faster, have more, uh, you know, agility or durability? W were you okay with how they turned out? You know, Rob, I actually do like both. I do prefer 
slow, being the old man that I am set in my ways, evidently. But there is something about a fast-running anything, creature, animal, zombie, that terrifies me. So I do see the modern terrifyingness in a, in a running creature towards you, no, especially if they're dead and trying to kill you. What about you, Rob? Oh, I don't necessarily have a preference. As long as you can scare the crap out of me, I, I don't care. Do what you gotta do. I just don't want it to be completely one-sided where... You know, if they're too fast, there's just no point, like you're going to die. Or if you're too slow, you can easily just maneuver around them and treat them like they're dumb, like, you know, things just walking around not knowing what's going on. So true. some middle ground, I just need there to be a fair gameplay, that's all. Well, Rob, so that will do it for this week's episode. When you're not hanging out over here, where can the lovely people find you? Uh, we are currently still in the last season of Brunch with the Hollowells. After three years, the series will be coming to an end as we we wrap up the final season. Ryan is joining me on that as we recap each episode of Charmed one episode at a time. And that is also on most podcast apps. And please check out Fear Bias, especially for any undead fans that you might be listening to this. Dawn of the Dead 78. <laughs> You can always reach the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, one word on Instagram. And we, and if you find it in your heart to leave us a voicemail, a review, we will share it on the show. We will read your comments and we will, we will celebrate you. Thank you, Rob, for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. This was fun. See you next time, everybody. Goodbye. Resident Evil. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.